Women Making Waves on Cambridge 105 Radio. When you struggle with anxiety, finding the right job can be a daunting prospect. Jen Foreman chose to set up her own business producing unique art. Linda Ness spoke to Jen. Instead of going to university, Jen Foreman decided to set up her own business, hand-decorating Converse trainers. That was nearly nine years ago, and Jen now has large corporate customers and some celebrities on her books. Thank you very much for talking to us today on Women Making Waves, Jen. It's very nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Now, I've seen the work that you do, and it's great. I love it. Has art always played a large part in your life? It has up until a certain point. I studied it at GCSE level, but then didn't take the subject any further at A level and chose to go down the more sciencey route with chemistry, psychology and geography as my three A level choices. So I completely stopped being creative during that time. And then it's only after the A levels ended and I sort of got all stressed out that I decided I needed to pick it up again more as a, I guess, kind of art therapy more than anything else because you started to suffer from anxiety didn't you T- tell us a little bit about that was that during the exams or was it running up to it it's something I've had all my life and had to deal with obviously at a younger age I didn't know what it was and then as you went through a levels the stress started to build and you, you can notice yourself I guess withdrawing and it's then that I started to seek help and get counseling while I was at college and from studying psychology, I picked up that like habits and traits that I had and sort of noticed that's what it was and could almost self-diagnose myself with anxiety. So yeah, it was during there that it, it definitely got a lot worse with the pressure of exams and the stress. And I think as you're growing up, I guess the school system almost puts pressure on you as when you're a high achiever, it's like the path you're meant to follow is to do well in your exams, to go to university, get a degree and then end up with a good job at the end of it and you're sort of meant to be set for life so you're almost kind of pushed down that path whether you want to take it or not and at such a young age you don't actually know what you want to do or where you want to go so you're almost like blindly following it I think that's what happened to me and it must also feel that if you do something wrong your whole life is going to be absolutely ruined which is not the case at all but I think that's what teenagers are almost kind of programmed to feel a lot of the time yeah yeah, when university didn't work out for me, it just it almost just felt like this massive black hole in front of me and there was no plan B. Nobody ever told you what other options were available or what else you could do. It was just now that the university got cut off from my life because my anxiety almost like stopped me from going. Yeah. Yeah, I was just left with this nothingness and this sort of empty zone of like, well, now what do I do? I feel very felt very stuck. And Gosh. yeah. That must have been a, a horrible, <laughs> a bit of a crisis moment, actually, I would imagine. That must have been a horrible time. Yeah, yeah, it was. It, I, don't, I think it all happened quite quickly. But looking back on it, it felt like it was months and months on end. Yeah, I, di- I sort of didn't know what to do for it must have only been about two weeks of that nothingness. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then obviously I started back with the art and painting and doing things that were productive. And everything since then has just snowballed and spiraled into the world of business that I had no experience of or 
ambitions to go into or any of it. So I've yeah been learning as I go. Going back to that, you decorated some shoes, hadn't you, when you were at school? Is that when you left um, secondary school to go into sixth form? Um, yeah, it was pretty soon after. Um, it was for the first pair I got were for my seventeenth birthday. I just got a plain white pair of Converse, and my friends all clubbed together to buy them for me. And they bought a pack of coloured Sharpie pens. And I basically left them to it and said, just doodle all over them, put like little quotes that make you laugh, things that remind you of any of the fun times you'd had over the summer and things like that. So they basically just drew all over them. And I lived in them for the whole of my time at sixth form. And I noticed <laughs> as I was walking around or sat in a lesson, other people would start like looking at my shoes and reading mm. them and sort of giving me confused expressions. They didn't understand any of the in-jokes <laughs> and things that were on there. And it just, yeah, it just made me happy to see other people looking at it and being interested in it. That's really great. And during that time when you were kind of working out what you were going to do, is that when the idea hit you that actually that might be something that I could sell? Not at all. Not them. No, it hadn't even crossed my mind. It's something that you can look back on and think, oh, maybe it's always been there. But yeah, that didn't really happen until after I tried to go to uni and then come home again and needed something to do. It was approaching my next, not next birthday, the one after my 19th birthday. And I was basically looking what I wanted for my birthday and thought oh, I'll get another pair of Converse because I was a bit obsessed with them really loved the the brand of shoe yeah so it was as I was looking around for another pair that I stumbled upon the official Converse website it has a customized page where you can play around with all the colors and change different bits of the shoes and on there it's got a little like personal ID tag where you can add up to 12 characters of lettering so like your name or a date or something and they stitch it into the side of the canvas Mm-hmm. And I was thinking 12 characters isn't very much considering the size of the shoe. You can fit a lot more on there. Why am I restricted to 12 characters when I wanted sort of like my favourite song lyric or a quote, something like that on the side of it. I was like, well, if they can't do it, started looking around, seeing if other places were offering to put more designs or personalised aspects to shoes and nowhere else was doing it in the UK at all. You'd have to get them from America and then you get all the extra shipping costs. I was like, well, I'll just have to do it myself. And that's where the actual idea started. And yeah, I attacked my oldest pair with a load of paint. And yeah, the rest is history from there. (laughs) And I was actually thinking that, you know, you say you attacked your oldest pair because they're quite expensive. So to actually experiment with, if you go wrong, that's quite an expensive mistake really, isn't it? It is. It is. There was a lot of fear around that. The first pair took me a week to do because I was just so scared I was going to get a bit wrong. I did like 45 minutes a day and then just left them because I was literally just sat there going, if I do any more, I'm going to mess up. Just leave it alone. Come back to it tomorrow. Put it to one side. And yeah, it worked. I didn't go wrong on the first pair. Have you ever yeah, gone you wrong? Up your confidence. <laughs> oh, plenty of times. Oh, really? <laughs> Are they completely unsalvageable then if, if, if something goes um, wrong? Or... Yeah, most of the time it is. It's start again. If you're working on a white pair of shoes, you can't cover any mistakes up because the white paint is a very slightly different colour to the white canvas of the shoe. So even if you go over it in white paint, you can still see, see. exactly what was there. So yeah. no, it's yeah, put them to one side, buy another pair and try oh, again. Oh my goodness. <laughs> when you sold your first pair, how exciting was that? Did, did you set up a website or something? The first pairs were actually sold on eBay. So I started off, I was buying in secondhand pairs from eBay, which I thought looked in decent enough condition, shoved them through the washing machine so they were clean, painted designs on them and relisted them. Obviously, that was leading up to Christmas. So the first pair that I actually sold, I think I'd bought in for probably around 12 to £15. I'd put 
what design? I think it was a Mr. Men design I'd painted on them, relisted it, and they sold for over £50, which is oh, wow, more than what a brand brilliant. new pair was going for. <laughs> so I was just out there thinking, well, this works. Why can't I just carry on making money like this? You really found a gap in the market, actually, there, didn't you? I did, yeah. So I started off on, yeah, selling, buying and selling them back on eBay. And then my brother actually suggested that I set up a page on Facebook. So I got that set up and then Twitter followed and all the, the social media. And it's like the more pictures you start posting of the work you're doing, the more people get interested, they share it and so on. And then design requests were coming in, even though I, at that time, I don't think I was that good at art, but people kept requesting saying, can you do this? Can you do that? This is my favorite band. And I was like, yes, yes, I'll just give it a go. <laughs> and then, yeah, if you want to pay me, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. And did you get any advice? I mean, you, you've effectively almost accidentally started up a business. It sounds like almost an accident. You've kind of yeah. gone into it and, and suddenly you've got this business and you've got lots of requests coming in. Did you get any advice about marketing and finance and that kind of thing? Or were you literally just winging it? I was winging everything. <laughs> I mean, my dad has, he's had his own business. My granddad had his own business, but they're in the property development industry. So the only thing advice I got from there I just got passed down their accountant and she still does all of my accounts now so that's the only thing that's really stayed in the family and then I was lucky enough I have family friends and one of them was quite clued up on website design so he helped me build my first website so I think I got a little bit lucky with that as well and yeah sort of mates rates but yeah nothing else no no mentoring no advice no yeah just discover it as you go and if you hit a wall or a problem you've just got to keep googling stuff until you find your way around it yeah do you do any networking with other entrepreneurs I mean, I'm calling I you an entrepreneur because I think that's <laughs> that's exactly what you are you're an entrepreneur and and you know a successful one you found a gap in the market you're doing something that's slightly unique so do you network with other people I do a little bit more now. Obviously, my anxiety held me back a lot with that at the start. I was terrified of doing any interviews, any press. Like the first time I ever featured in the local paper, I was just terrified. I was like, no, no, I don't like it. (laughs) For years, I basically avoided any, any of that and literally just focused on selling it and getting new designs up and developing the online side of it. But now I'm definitely starting to push myself in my comfort zone in terms of getting out and networking and speaking to other people and yeah putting myself out into the world a little bit more hence doing this is yeah. another step so yeah, yeah we're getting that great. it's great and do you find that useful then that you know bouncing ideas off other people yeah I think there's um, another company called Young and Learning who I'd met through a networking group who make like wooden curvy balance boards for kids to play on and we looked at possibly painting custom designs onto them so I had a few meetings with them and had to figure out what paints to use to go over the varnish and how to make it childproof, etc. So we've had a few little experiments collaborating with other people, but yeah, nothing, nothing too major as of yet. And for, for design, where do your ideas come from? 90% of the ones are requests from people that come in. And then if I have spare time and I've got an idea in my mind, I will try and make it work on a shoe. But yeah, most of them have come in from email requests of people wanting specific things and then you think oh this could be popular and list it up on the website and see what happens. Your idea about supplying custom shoes for brides I think that's inspired I think that's a great idea and they'll look really really comfortable as well because they're effectively you, you've now branched out it's not just Converse shoes is it but the yeah. trainers and other kinds of uh, other kinds of shoes. Yeah Nike and Adidas and Vans as well any I can basically work on any brand you want be it leather or the canvas style so I can paint on both 
of those and give people exactly what they want because obviously some people have a preference towards adidas or nike and would prefer those over converse but yeah for for brides giving them something comfy they're not going to get blisters and they can just dance the night away at their wedding reception and yeah it's sentimental as well so it's a good yeah. keepsake after the day exactly I thought I thought that was a great idea. I hadn't seen anything quite like that because I think when most people get married, they're they're looking for shoes that kind of match the dress, and you've got this terrible yeah. situation of having to look at all these, you know, I don't know, oyster coloured shoes or whatever <laughs> that are generally pretty pretty uncomfortable. But so I think that's that's a great idea. Do you get lots of sales with brides? Yeah, I said it's usually over half my business is for the the wedding sales so obviously at this time of year with coronavirus kicking in all the wedding industry being shut down i am very very quiet and noticing the the lack of them so hopefully things can get back to normal quite quickly and i'll be back off painting more shoes for brides again and do you go to bride um exhibitions and things like that do you go to these you know these conferences where they where people can wander around and look at to see what's on offer i've done one before i did it at um, at the new market race course just as a, a tester to see what the interest would be like and if I'd get any sales out of it. And I think on the day, it felt a lot better than the actual sales afterwards led to. So I was a bit, I haven't done any since because obviously I haven't had the business from it in order to claw back the cost of having the stall and everything. So yeah, yeah. for me, I think I'm better off online, but it was a good experience to get feedback and the reaction from people and see that they are interested, they're drawn to it. And especially like the little kids, like all the ones with, crystals on and anything shiny and pretty so I mean I think I think what you're doing is absolutely brilliant I really really love it have you considered growing the business oh yeah that's something I've been asked about and especially when I first started out like are you going to take on another artist and expand things and I did have to a little bit I did sort of employ it as one of my friend's sisters was quite artistic and when things got really really busy and sort of the second or third year with the wedding orders I did like rope her in saying please can you come and help me out because I'm totally swamped and I can't complete all of these in time for their wedding so yeah if things were a lot busier then there is the scope to do it but it's also quite difficult because you've got to find somebody with the artistic talent to be able to recreate what I do because if the product doesn't look like it does on the website images that people are buying then they're going to complain that it's not quite what they wanted so it's a little bit tricky you always I need to like replicate myself (laughs) yes you do (laughs) I need a clone (laughs) (laughs) and you've got a really lovely place to work I saw a picture of it and you've got a lovely little workshop presumably in the garden which looks like a pleasure to be in actually yeah yeah it's really nice it's I started off in my bedroom and then at my parents kitchen table and I was just getting in the way and they were like fussing around me driving me mad I just need peace quiet my own space and to set up how I want so I've yeah borrowed a bit of my parents back garden and said can I just put like a little studio down there and then I'll be out of your way you've managed to get some celebrities interested in wearing your shoes how did that come about there's a variety of different ways so some of them approach me which is really exciting because I'm like you know I exist this is a bit weird um but the first main one that I got was Dan Smith from Bastille and they were playing a gig at the Corn Exchange in Cambridge this was back in 2013 um and I'd been following the band for a little bit and knew that he liked to wear Converse and sort of followed him around a bit and found out what his shoe size was because he donated a pair to an online shoe auction and they'd listed what size the shoes were. I was like, well, oh, what size? Clever. I know he likes to wear Converse. So from then on in, I 
yeah designed him a pair based on some other things that I knew he liked he's a big fan of Twin Peaks and one of his friends is in another band called To Kill a King so I sort of merged those two ideas together and painted up a pair for him and then just waited outside the corn exchange until it was in the afternoon so they were going in for their sound check and they'd been wandering around the centre of Cambridge having a look and caught him on the way into the venue and said I've made you a pair of custom Converse and handed them over and he was very thankful and had a little chat and then a couple of weeks later he was wearing them basically all the time for all of his press all of the tours like any gig dates that they had for the rest of the year and he was just wandering around in my shoes and all of the fans kept sending in photos and stuff saying he's wearing them again he's wearing them again <laughs> and the more he wore them the more the fans then started to order other Bastille related designs it was a definitely a good thing and you get the business from it for, for sure. That was a great idea uh, that, that's really how to grow a business, actually. You should, you should be mar- writing marketing books there. <laughs> it's a slightly stalkerish way of doing it, but <laughs> it worked. I guess once you start that, other celebs get to see it as well, get to see your work, and then become interested too. Yeah, I guess so. I think the celebrity that approached me um, is called Christian Nairn, who plays uh, Hodor in Game of Thrones. So he came to me through my Facebook page and got in contact saying I'm looking for something a bit different, a bit special. And he wanted a pair to be absolutely covered in black Swarovski crystals, which took hours and hours and hours. And yeah, he paid enough for them. So that was right. And then, yeah, he wore them on the red carpet to the final season premiere of Game of Thrones in New York. So we got some good photos from that. You never know. Sometimes things just pop up in your inbox and it's like, oh, okay, yes, I can do that. And (laughs) See, see what you can do. So the other one I had was for Whoopi Goldberg, who was the producer of Loose Women, just dropped in my inbox saying she's a guest on the show on Friday. We really want to give her a custom pair. Is there anything you can do at such short notice? And she, she emailed on the Monday and wanted them for the Friday. I was like, well, that's wow. like, like a really quick turnaround time. So for that, I just dropped everything, got the shoes, painted them up, sent them off and was just sat there going, please work, please work. It did. It all came true. And they handed them over live on air and yeah, Whoopi Goldberg wore them and took them back to America. So that was pretty exciting that, and amazing. Publicity that you just couldn't pay for, actually, isn't it? No. That's brilliant. <laughs> How is your anxiety? Is, do you find that that's kind of got a lot better now? Are you a lot more relaxed in, in yourself? It's always ups and downs with it. So May last year, it was a massive down again. And I ended up having more um, CBT, cognitive behavioural therapy. So I had that for about another six to nine months and then that's lifted me back up again. So I'm, yeah, I'm feeling good right now. Yeah, just trying to push things as we come out of lockdown because that was a, a weird experience. So it's yeah, yeah, just trying to get back to normal and yeah. I mean, I suppose it was weird for everybody that when we were all in the same boat at that stage. And I think a lot of people did suffer from, you know, challenges that they, they weren't expecting to suffer from during that time, actually. It's been yeah. quite, quite tough. I think I almost had the opposite reaction to most people because in terms of my anxiety, lockdown is like heaven. It's the ideal and there's no plans. You've not got to go anywhere. You've not got to see anybody. So I was like, well, this is fine. I've got no anxiety at all. The only thing that was bothering me was coming out of lockdown again and thinking, is everybody suddenly going to make plans and I'm going to have to have like five social events in a week to catch up with everybody. And yeah, I was just panicking that it was all going to go mad and not sort of reduce back to normal slowly. But seems to be good so far it's just yeah. getting used to feeling anxious again something that <laughs> you have to live with all the time and then it suddenly drops because you're in lockdown you're thinking well this is what life is like for most people 
and then suddenly yeah it's back to it and you have to go oh okay no I am a bit anxious but that's absolutely fine it's my normal and carry on as you can yeah I'm, I'm kind of laughing because I, I was thinking actually it's suiting me as well and I don't have anxiety but you know staying away from people is fine by me yeah to be I quite like the space like keep your two yeah. meter distance like why didn't everybody do this before this is how it should have been <laughs> exactly like, why did we queue so close together I know why were we always swarming <laughs> exactly yeah there was no point <laughs> <laughs> I guess a final question would be if any young person is in the position that you were in and they're maybe thinking about starting up a business, have you any advice for them? My advice is just do it and go for it because what have you, what have you got to lose? Like you've got time on your side at a young age. So I started out when I was 19 and looking back at it and thinking it's coming up for nine years, like that's, that's forever. Like you're not even at school for that long in one place for one amount of time. So even if you can do it for two or three years and then it all collapses and goes under, it's great experience because you're doing everything especially if you're a one man or woman business you have to do the accounts the social media marketing actually make whatever the product is develop it like there's so many aspects it's not you're not focused in on one lane so the experience you, you can get from trying to do it yourself I think is invaluable to any future job and then if it does go well then you're well away you've got your own working hours you can literally do what you want when you want as long as you can keep the business going yeah. then it's yeah it's freedom yeah, no, it does sound ideal. And I think these days with having the internet as your shop front, you don't have to have that upfront cost of actually setting up premises like you may have had to do, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So I think it's, 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 a, it's a low risk thing to do in some respects. It is, yeah. My current website, I've built all myself during lockdown. I gave it a big revamp. So it's easy enough to do. If I can do it, anybody can do the website side of it. That's quite straightforward. So yeah, you can easily do it well it's been really really great talking to you i think it's really interesting what you've done and i love the ideas that you've come up with jen so jen foreman from custom converse thank you very much for talking to us on women making waves today thank you very much it's been good i really enjoyed chatting to Jen actually Susie she was lovely to talk to and a very interesting story you know about having the anxiety which I completely understand and not being able to go to university as she'd originally planned and then just coming up with this idea to start up the business I thought that was you know really difficult story with a great positive ending mm. This job or this business was almost made for her because she's coming to her own, isn't she? I yeah, mean, she I, really has. I think, I mean, I don't wear Converse shoes, but actually I'm thinking about getting some myself. <laughs> you like them, yeah, don't you? I do. You were on the website having yeah. a little look at them. They're beautiful, aren't they? Absolutely. And they're really quite unique as well yeah. because you could have your dog on them, for example. Oh, that know? would be such a good idea. Linda, I can't believe you just said that. I love that whole idea. <laughs> Now, there is your husband's Christmas absolutely sorted. Converse with Murray on a little oh, face of Murray on the top. Absolutely. So obviously not everybody could do this. And she was saying that the difficulty with taking on help is getting someone who does exactly what she does. You know, But she loves what she does now. And so much so that we hear about her waiting outside a concert for the Bastille member yeah. of the band Dan Smith Dan. giving him some shoes that she had painted and even researching his shoe size you know that that was inspired 
absolutely inspired. And of course, then all the fans want shoes that you've made as well. You, you couldn't pay for that kind of idea, really. It's great. Yeah, I wonder uh, if uh, Women Making Waves should be painted on a pair of Gone First, Linda. Yes, <laughs> that could be your order yes. for your husband yes. instead of Murray. Oh, no, I'd have two. I'd have two. Murray Shoes and Women Making Wave. That's I'm definitely going to think about that one. <laughs> I think you should go for it. <laughs> Women Making Waves on Cambridge 105 Radio.